You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Welcome to the show. Mike here, Young Jerks. We're discussing tonight the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission, their recent Cannabis Control Commission hearing, where it was kind of historic, first time ever. I've ever heard them talk so much about worker safety. So we're just going to open up the show tonight. Just playing this clip from them. Um, It's like 30 minutes. We're not going to play the whole 30 minutes right now. But throughout the show, and by the end of the show, we will definitely play all 30 minutes of audio from it. I'm just going to kick it off right now, just from the beginning, because I want people to get an idea of why I'm a bit happy tonight, this week about what went down at the Cannabis Control Commission, and I wasn't expecting it. We've got guests tonight, got an exciting show. Please share it with your friends. Let's hear from the Cannabis Control Commission this week after we, all of us, worked on this worker petition. Our last show was please sign the worker petition. This is what happened. Um, Thank you very much, and that's exciting to hear. Um, My question is, and I know at some point we're going to have a really robust discussion around this, but what about the 50,000 registered agents, the workers? If Can they call this line and get a human being if they have a concern for workplace safety or worker concern that they can share with the commission? Because um, you said this is kind of all-encompassing, um, or is this something we need a separate um, department or as we tackle this subject? Could I just could I just tee that up before um, you respond, Mr. Director? Um, and and this is you know I I was going to wait, but I think that this is an appropriate time because I think we're talking about um, you know Sean's vision for for staffing up and being more responsive, um, you know, to the public. Um, you know, we have heard uh, you know the 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 large newspapers, the 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 we've all you know received um, uh, uh, you know petitions about what we're doing to uh, protect worker safety. We've all, as commissioners, had individual conversations um, with the executive director, who has been, you know, very sensitive to um, what is going on here. Um, I, I had asked him if he would give sort of a brief understanding, because, as as an agency, we have certain limitations about what we are and are not equipped to do. Uh, and I think that Sean has taken a very strong leadership position in terms of, um, you know, communicating with, closing the gap. Um, you know, in terms of worker uh, safety uh, on premises, uh, working with OSHA. And so I'd ask Sean if he would just sort of give a a brief um, description of what we've been doing to try to close some of those gaps, uh, some of the opportunities that we're trying to promote to increase uh, worker safety. Uh, So anyway, Sean, if you could just sort of give a a, a brief description. We're not fully done um, examining this issue on how we can play a role connecting people to the right resources and the right uh, agency. But if you could just talk about that a little bit, Sean, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. And thank you, Commissioner Roy, for your question. Uh, just for folks that may have missed it or or for uh, context, the, the Commissioner Roy's question was through the lens of constituent services, but uh, the specific question was, will workers, agents, et cetera, as far as uh, if they have concerns about the functioning of a facility or, or anything that they may observe inside a facility, uh, could they also utilize that same approach? And then obviously, Chair, uh, you you brought into the question or, or the topic to say worker safety is a central theme and tenant and, and concern of this agency, uh, and obviously something that um, 
we do take seriously and it's obviously something that is of, is of interest uh, now previously and moving forward. I know to commissioners, uh, obviously in speaking with all of you, uh, I know it is of interest to our staff and obviously of interest uh, to the public, but especially of interest to agents that are working inside facilities. Uh, and I would hope operators of those facilities as far as how they're caring for their employees. Um, I guess a number of things that I'll, I'll just indicate off the uh, out of the gate and obviously Commissioner Camargo, I'm, I'm, read as, I'm reminded that you indicated the request was for brief, uh, a brief response. So bear with me, but I appreciate the indulgence. I will be, I'll endeavor to be brief, but I want to make sure it's a substantive response to the questions, uh, but also hopefully sincerely reflects the concern of our agency. And I just um, personally, that it reflects the concerns um, that I hope uh, I'm able to convey uh, also through our team to the commission that this is something they take seriously as well. Uh, there is any number of ways that anybody can interact with this agency, and it's something I think we pride ourselves on. Uh, first, uh, we are we do try to present and, and be sure that we are available uh, as a, a, a digital agency, so anyone uh, is free. We have a number of, of um, I guess, so-called mailboxes that folks can respond or, or submit something to. Um, obviously, commission at CCC Mass is a central uh, staffed mailbox that anybody uh, can send any inquiry into. And I guess this kind of speaks to my early response to Commissioner Roy, our constituent service uh, staff, they're the ones responsible for that mailbox. So through there, any inquiry can come in and it, it may be a general inquiry. It could be an inquiry from a city or town, but specifically any agent uh, or an employee or any concerned uh, landlord or, or any uh, board of health, et cetera, may interact with that mailbox. Uh, but that's not the only way. Uh, and of course, it, it's sometimes difficult uh, for folks to inside of a facility. I can only imagine the pressures of uh, I need to, for all intents and purposes, whistleblow uh, on a facility. Uh, that takes courage. And it's something first and foremost, let me identify and acknowledge, it does take courage. And a whistleblower though, to be clear, uh, does not have to be currently employed by a facility. It could be observations during employment. Uh, and in some cases that I'm aware of instances that it was uh, initiated through, I used to work at the facility, I no longer do for any number of reasons. And I, again, as much as we could endeavor to protect the identity of an individual, we cannot guarantee. Uh, we have to investigate these things. And sometimes that would include uh, taking a statement or a witness statement, et cetera. Uh, and obviously if it rises to the level of, of representing a potential enforcement action, uh, we wanna make sure that the, the Commonwealth through the commission has every opportunity to hold folks accountable. Um, I'll also share, uh, and it is available on our website for anyone that is interested, uh, our main phone number which is 774-415-0200. Again, that's 774-415-0200. Um, that is answered by a human being uh, who is more than happy to, to take that information down uh, and, and ensure that someone is able to follow up on it. Uh, in e each and every instance where someone may be reporting or sharing an observation or concern, whatever it might be, uh, we do feel a burden and an obligation to follow up on that. Uh, so obviously it's important that folks leave us their contact information. So if you were to call after hours, it would off, it would afford you the ability, ability excuse me, uh, to leave a voicemail. The important thing in that voicemail is give us as much information or detail as possible that empowers us to then properly follow up. And obviously if you expect a response from us, please make sure you give us uh, the information we would need in order to do that. Um, and, and Chair, you touched on the other thing. We have a general contact form as well on our website that folks can fill out. Uh, and obviously something that is worth considering uh, and potentially building out is a specific contact form uh, relative to complaints or other. And that's a kind of brainstorming and uh, thinking about ways we can specify or, or again, target 
uh, what information folks might want to make available to us. Uh, we've also worked very collaboratively and closely uh, over, I would say, the past number of years, but certainly uh, recently um, through OSHA, which is the federal agency, the occupational, uh, uh, I, I always forget, safety and, safety and health, health uh, agency through the federal government under the Department of Labor. Uh, we've worked collaboratively with them, uh, again, on a number of cases, and it's something that uh, is evolving and developing. And I would also argue and, and acknowledge that I think OSHA's uh, expertise in cannabis specifically is developing. And it's something that uh, some of the concerns that they've identified are evolving. They're learning as much as they can. We're trying to uh, share as much as we can, but likewise, we're learning from them. They are the, the uh, far and above the workplace safety standard. They set, they literally set the standards, but then they also enforce those standards. Um, across the entire industry, this is something that we need to be sensitive to. Obviously, uh, recent events and um, issues that have, have been covered extensively uh, in the press, um, outside of them being true human tragedies. Um, they are uh, a concern that needs to be followed up on. They are a concern that needs to be investigated thoroughly, uh, but it's also, it's not unfortunately isolated. Um, it's something that I think is a growing concern across the country which is the unknowns associated with these uh, facilities. Um, but also again, this, the entire supply chain is something that needs to be uh, of a workplace safety concern. That includes cultivation, that includes processing. There are dangerous chemicals involved. Uh, there are, are um, there's equipment, heavy equipment involved. Uh, and these are things that I think need to be managed, um, run and, and uh, ultimately occupied by experts in their field, but experts that are properly trained experts that are properly uh, cared for with the proper safety equipment uh, and all those types of things. Our regulations at, at this point currently, they speak to compliance with OSHA standards. Uh, and so if folks do not comply with OSHA standards, that would in, in effect be a violation of our regulations. Um, similarly, our regulations require that each and every facility, each and every licensee that comes across this commission's desk have uh, as part of their traditional SOPs, a whistleblower policy. Um, that protects individuals that might want to report information either to us, uh, and we are happy, depending, again, I think, Chair, you referenced this, what is the scope of our jurisdiction as compared to, uh, say, other jurisdictions, whether it be the local Board of Health, OSHA, uh, where is their concurrent jurisdiction, where our jurisdiction runs uh, alongside uh, those of other, whether it be, again, local or federal or state, for that matter. Um, the other th concern I think that's worth noting here is the environment within which, never mind the, the work that's going on, so that, that kind of the processing aspect in any uh, health concerns, the, the chemicals that are being used. We talked earlier about pesticide application, the dangers that may be associated with applying chemicals to, plant, to plants, the plants, excuse me, yeah, and extractions as well. All of those, I think, bring with them inherent risks that must be properly um, cautioned against, again, proper safety equipment, et cetera. Um, but we're also working in some instances, and this is not uh, to, I, I am grateful for the renaissance uh, that this industry represents for some old buildings. But in reality, these are also old buildings that come with their own unique sets of challenges that folks are working with them. And, and this is all something I think we as an agency must be mindful of, aware of. Uh, and it's, these are things that as we work through and talk through as an agency that are all components of our ongoing or, or future inquiries. Uh, I wanna touch briefly though on, on OSHA and kind of dwell on that for a moment. Uh, they do enjoy authority over all private and federal employers. Um, so for instance, they, 
we as a state employer would not have too much interaction as an employer with OSHA. Um, but as a private employer, these cannabis businesses being private employers, uh, do OSHA does enjoy jurisdiction. We have, they've been, OSHA this is, has been um, kind enough and through the course of investigations, but also uh, since uh, providing training for our staff, we've tried to provide training for them as far as what uh, cannabis is and what we understand it to be. Uh, they do have uh, on their, whether it be their websites or through different means, they have the opportunity for complaints to be filed. Uh, there are such things as formal complaints that can be filed by employees. Um, those are things that get documented. And again, they must be, I think, signed by the, the complainant. There's also informal complaints. Again, a former employee could file a complaint with OSHA. Um, they, depending on, of course, the, the severity of the allegation, et cetera, uh, they do engage the employer. They conduct their own inspections and investigations. Uh, I do know that in all instances of a, of a death, uh, they will go in and inspect that facility and, and conduct an investigation. Um, and I, again, as I noted too, I, I think an important element here is the the developing expertise that I, I think all federal agencies um, have around cannabis. And I would argue too, the developing expertise that we as an agency uh, are building. Uh, things that I would like to see us do moving forward. Again, I mentioned that um, that specific contact form, if there is a specific complaint that could capture as much information as possible about the location of the facility, the things that might've been seen or observed, um, the circumstances around that, were you an employee, are you an employee? Um, obviously, if there's a desire to provide us contact information, as much information as folks can provide us, um, each and every complaint, I assure you, is followed up on, is uh, interview notes have, are taken, witness statements are taken, uh, and investigations are conducted. And I have the utmost confidence in our team and their ability to go into facilities, their ability to uh, speak with employees, speak with the employer. Uh, we also bear in mind, these are very secure facilities with an abundance of security camera coverage, which we will have ready access to. And so those are things that um, other industries don't enjoy, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, and so those observational qualities that we have, I think would be uh, importance of importance going forward as well. Um, again, I want to make clear to the commission that I, I hear all of you. Uh, I've spoken with all of you. Uh, I respect um, your concerns. I, I hope that you uh, appreciate that it is a concern, a shared concern of our of me and our team. Um, but I'm also grateful for your feedback. Uh, obviously, the, the interest that the public has taken in this. Um, I want to convey to you and through you to the public uh, that 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 concern is shared uh, by me personally. Uh, I know I'm I'm never mind confident. I'm certain uh, by our staff and the quality, uh, the obligations we have as an agency to protect the public mm -hmm. is of paramount and central concern for this agency, and that runs through any number of obligations that we have. That is true for quality of product, ensuring that the the testing standards that we have are high and that they are met, uh, but then separately, and I think distinctly and importantly in this context, that the employees that go to work in these facilities every day know that they are safe and that they understand that if they feel as though they are not safe, that they have avenues available to them uh, and that those avenues do include this commission. Those avenues may include uh, other agencies such as OSHA. Uh, and I want folks to know too that if, and this chair I think speaks to your earlier point, if we may not be the primary jurisdiction, we know who is. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and then we may in a be in a position to refer and contact uh, and ensure that that contact is indeed made. Um, but again, I, I can probably uh, retreat from my soapbox at this point. I do appreciate the question. Can I step on the soapbox with you just a little bit? Because I do want to, you know, again, we, you know, we, we do have um, avenues for people, whistleblowers, people who, who, who may think that there are not um, adequate, um, you know, safety standards, uh, workplace safety standards being met. Um, I, I want to clarify because this is the conversation that, that you and I have had um, on a number of occasions. And this is also true of what we spoke about earlier with MDAR. There are federal rules and regulations which have created hurdles for certain, whether it's, you know, MDAR, you know, a lot of their testing takes place on the UMass campus, which gets millions of dollars in federal funds and it's still illegal on the federal level. You know, OSHA is still getting, you know, an understanding of the cannabis industry. And so I just want to see, because not everybody knows, um, you know, what, what's sort of happening kind of behind the scenes. But, um, you know, Sean and his team have been regularly speaking with OSHA uh, to talk to them. Um, I still have some concerns um, about what OSHA is doing in terms of establishing um, whether or not cannabis dust uh, is a toxic substance. I mean, if you, you know, again, I've had family members who run businesses where there's painting volatile compounds and, and OSHA sets standards for that. So I just want folks to know that one, our team is talking to OSHA, is working to educate them, is working to get us educated, but also we will be bringing this to an even higher level to talk about this um, as a worker safety standard across the country. That being said, you know, one idea, um, uh, Mary Alice uh, uh, Curley has come back from uh, her maternity leave. And uh, one of the ideas that she had is that maybe we add whistleblower training to our responsible vendor program. You know, we talk about how we keep uh, the public safe. We don't, dive, you know, divert uh, products. We certainly don't provide uh, products for um, children to minors. This may be something that we, through the communications team and through our, you know, the work that we do with responsible vendors, because what I see is, is a vulnerable workforce. You know, it's a workforce that not making, you know, a lot of money to, 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 to work in, you know, cannabis um, manufacturing and, and, and cultivation. And, you know, people who are dependent upon their job, they don't feel necessarily comfortable or confident to be whistleblowers. And it takes a lot of guts to be a whistleblower. So I think that this is something I appreciate the, the feedback, but I guess I want those stakeholders to know we're taking this seriously. We're looking at how we improve those avenues for communication. The reason that I wanted to do this around uh, sort of the additional staff for constituent services is to know that a real person will answer the phone, will direct it to the proper person. We in turn will make a determination as to how we handle something like that. So we've we've done we're doing something right now to increase our responsiveness. We're also doing some things to make sure that OSHA gets better equipped to protect that group of, of, of workers, um, you know, in, in, in an area where, frankly, this is illegal on the federal level. It's, a, it's, a, it's an awkward gap for many of these agencies when you have the federal government saying this is not legal. So how, how do you, you know, how do you manage that? We've seen that with pesticides. That was a significant issue. So, so anyway, I just want to, A, 
applaud you, you know, Sean, for your leadership on this to make sure that people do understand that we are looking to enhance those pathways for people to be able to report this for us to either respond properly as a regulatory agency or make sure that OSHA or the health department, but those that are ultimately responsible for managing, measuring, and maintaining those safe workplaces that we are working to sort of prod that even if this is illegal on the federal level, that we're working to push, you know, those officials to work more closely with us and communicate more closely with us. So we're not done yet, but I, I appreciated you and, and uh, Commissioner Roy, if you want to make a comment. Uh, and thank you so much for those comments, Madam Chair. And thank you so much, Mr. Executive Director. We all take this so seriously. Uh, public health, public safety, and welfare are paramount as Mr. Executive Director said, I have a three-part question. Um, you had mentioned the whistleblower um, SOPs. Uh, is there any provision in our regulations that would require, so when I read through the PPLIs, I will see um, notices of deficiency for a, a sign. We don't, they don't have the sign up for please wash your hands, or this is a limited access area. We, we, we mandate those signs, please wash your hands, limited access area. Do we mandate a whistleblower um, you know, whistleblower signage, in other words, for employees to see if there is cause. And if we don't, is that something we can look at in the future? Um, I believe, second part of my question is we've done patient surveys. Is it possible for the commission to, at some point, um, we have the information of the registered agents to survey them? And the, the reasoning behind the survey is to collect information that we could maybe share with OSHA if there is a recurrent theme that we are seeing in these surveys. And my third point is CANRA. Um, I know you meet regularly with the um, Cannabis Association of National Regulators. Um, is, is there something you guys can do collectively to talk about workplace safety and to bring that board, OSHA is a federal agency, to bring that board and like Washington State doesn't is doing a cannabis dust asthma study or they have done like so best practices other states are doing, recommendations through CANRA. Um, at the end of the day, we all want our registered agents to be in a safe workplace. Um, so uh, just three thoughts that I wanted to share. That was unreal. Historic to see. I, I was not expecting it the night before. This hearing, we just played a part of it. There's more to play, but I want to make sure we get our guests up and uh, I, I just want to comment on it because I don't think people understand. We've been waiting for half a decade to have this kind of discussion publicly at the Cannabis Control Commission. I wasn't expecting it. You people did it. It's not over. None of this is over. Remember last episode, the last couple episodes, I told you this fight for lawn is not over? This is a perfect example. We're winning battles and it's because people have spoken up the whistleblowers. They brought up the whistleblowers. They want to protect. They addressed in this cannabis control commission, they addressed both of our suggestions, both of our demands, and then they added new ones. I want to thank, uh, they, this one person is calling her embattled because of some silly controversy that I can't even figure out what the hell they're talking about. It's so stupid. It's like the most, nobody cares about this little controversy, but they call her embattled. I don't think she's embattled. I think she's kicking ass. I want to thank so much the first Massachusetts woman that was elected, uh, the treasurer 
who is now the head cannabis control commissioner. She's the she she's the chairwoman of the board. You heard her there, Shannon O'Brien. I want to thank Shannon O'Brien, number one. I want to thank uh Commissioner Roy, Commissioner Camargo. I was just I was so upset the night before that I went after Camargo. I went after Ava Concepcion. And they all are with us. And they, you could tell that they were putting Sean Collins on the seat. I, I really feel like he is the guy that has kind of not paid attention, took his eye off this. He had so many other things he was focusing on. And I feel like these five commissioners have demanded that he deal with this issue. So I'm happy tonight. I know some people are, are still on O'Brien. They're, they're going after her for something that is just like paperwork. It's like, it's so trivial. She actually did something. She has actually been working on this. She overpromised and underdelivered. That's why I was so bad the night before. I've been talking to her. I, I am 100% with Shannon O'Brien on this issue. I'm not going to say that every issue we're going to line up on and agree on down the line. I have no idea what she's going to do. But I do know that she does listen. And she is common sense. And she's the first commissioner to ever reach out to us and continue week after week after week to update us on this issue. And she's the first one to actually hold a hearing like this. This was friggin' unbelievable. So I'm going to bring up our guest. The first one is Danny. He's a whistleblower. Uh, he's the one who, who spoke the truth first on the show from true leaf about what went down with Lorna. He's a coworker. I'm really proud of Danny. Uh, Danny Carson, welcome back to the show. Hey, Mike, good to see you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Your sound sounds a little muffled. I don't know if if you're moving. Well, maybe a little less movement. Maybe maybe we might even get rid of the video. Sometimes okay. that helps. All right, let's try that. Let's try that. Can you? Uh, me? Yeah, a little bit, but it still okay. sounds a little bit wonky. But we'll deal with it. And we also have Zach here, who's a at New Hampshire. Uh, he's a New Hampshire uh, Canada patient on Twitter, call him exactly. He's here again. Uh, he's a great medical cannabis advocate in the state of New Hampshire. We want to talk with him about home grow tonight in the state of New Hampshire. But before we get there, you both, I know you've been following this, the worker safety issue for a while now. What did you think about listening to that audio from the cannabis control commission who I've been bashing thinking that they would never do anything. And all of a sudden we had this. What What do you think? I'll start with Zachley first. Yeah. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I think that clip, it was a lot of what we want to hear. You know what I mean? It's a lot of what the, the cannabis community wants to hear. We want to hear that the CCC has an interest in protecting workers. We want to hear that the CCC has these avenues available for workers to take um, approaches to highlight wrongdoings in the workplace and to make sure that they're heard. What to me, it was just a lot of words. And I, I'm a action person. I want to see that in action. I want to see what that, what that is for the workers. I want to see the transparency in the follow-ups when someone makes a claim. What is the CCC doing? There's a lot of back and forth about jurisdiction and what they can and cannot do. But as the regulatory committee that is responsible for giving these agents their ID cards, their ID cards say CCC on them. I feel like they have a, a, a part of ensuring that the workers are have a safe environment to work in. And I want to ask you about Shannon O'Brien, because she's like a 
for some people, a couple people, I think, just a couple, really. I, I think it's a couple. Like there was a protest of her. It looked like a couple people showed up. Like every person that had their name on the flyer showed up, and that was it. Um, what do you think about her performance at this? And just what's your feeling on her from what you see right now? Yeah, you know, from a New Hampshire patient perspective, you know, I see a lot of a lot of people fighting the good fight from a lot of different avenues. Um, I feel Shannon O'Brien in this case, she did the, the right thing in, in terms of saying that workers matter and that the CCC takes workers seriously. But that doesn't take away, you know, from my perspective, the other part of Shannon O'Brien that people have a problem with. Um, I, I feel like there's some parts I, of it. Can you, you explain know? that to yeah. me? Because I, I don't get the problem. Like, I've been looking at it. And yeah, I'm like, wait, you know, so she works somewhere. She resigned. Yeah, you know, from, and the yeah. state didn't get their paperwork in time or, or the company didn't send it. It's like this is like uh, it sounds ridiculous. Like we have a state that hasn't dealt with mold in the dispensaries for six years. And we're talking about someone didn't resign with the state when they don't have a state job. It's weird. Like, can you explain it to me? You know, I don't really think I could do a great job explaining it to you just because, you know, I'm coming from a New Hampshire cannabis patient perspective with all of this. Um, and I'm just taking at what I'm what I'm reading online with all of these different yeah. things. Regarding all I hear is that she's embat yep. embattled and I'm like a battle for what? Like because you don't like she got nominated. That's what it is. That's to be what I see. You wanted you he even names the, the four people he wanted to nominate, which I like some of them. I'm, I'm friends with Kim Napoli. I love Kim. I would have loved to see Kim Napoli as a cannabis control commissioner or the head of the cannabis control commissioner. But I, I don't see how that I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> You know, I, I think I think with a lot of this, like like I talked about, you know, transparency with the workers, it's transparency with with who's up there on the board too. It's it's transparency with how they got there. So if there's something along the lines, but that that's again, I wanna, that, I'm, I'm glad you put the transparency about how they got there. She was appointed like every other commissioner before them. It's if you don't like the system the way they're appointed, I agree on that. But that means you should be protesting every single person that's ever been appointed by them. Like, because appointment is not very transparent. Like, let's be serious. Appointments are not very transparent. So is it just because she got appointed or you don't like or they don't like all the appointments ever? You know what I mean? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I think it's I think it's how about the appointments go. You know, from from my perspective, I hear a lot of rumblings, you know, in New Hampshire about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes and a lot of that. So, you know, when I think there's uh, when people have a sniff of that going on, it might not resonate well with a lot of the other people that were listed that could have been appointed and, and could have taken that role. I think it's just a lot of it comes down to transparency and how that person got to that point. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that doesn't do a lot of consumers and patients good. And, you know, if if something that happened along those lines um interferes with the consumer well, yeah, and patient. Me, I, feel, I, I yeah. feel there's a point I, to that. I want to cut in on that because I feel like this is like the Hillary thing. It's like Hillary was so qualified to be president, yet she got the most amount of shit. Here you have a woman that she fills that role. You can feel it. Like she's leading that board. You can tell why. She's a former treasurer of Massachusetts. Like she, she went into a position, I can remember the eighties and the nineties in Massachusetts, there was like, people were robbing the lottery, like, especially like she didn't have the scandals that a lot of these other guys had. She was really, she ran a good ship. And if anyone was going to go to get attacked in the state, it would have been her, the first woman uh, as treasurer. So to me, it seems like 
they're attacking the most qualified person. Like the, this was a position for the business person, the person that has experience with banking and regulatory and like on the list, I, I like all those other women. You know, I love Kim Napoli, like I said, but Shannon O'Brien has the most experience in the financial regulatory by far to me and, and managing money. So I, I don't see why when I really look into it now, I just don't see why that's an issue. I, I think we're spending almost too much time on this, but I, I, I want to go to Danny now, actually. But if you want to have any last comment on it, Zach, go ahead. You know, you know, honestly, I probably have to dig into it a bit more for my from my side. Um, but, you know, like, like you said, there was a lot of people qualified and I think it's just all comes down to transparency. You know, if everybody can be transparent, I think that'll go a long way. I don't know how appointments can be transparent, though. That's the thing. <laughs> I think it's the system. But uh, let's well, go to Danny now. Maybe we got to change Dan the system. Maybe. I mean, I, I would, I, you know, I, I'm glad they're at least appointed because I feel like there's some, they answer a little bit, you know, like if they were elected, they would answer even more. Um, I think the problem is the staff isn't appointed or elected. So they're the ones I feel like the bigger issue was. And I feel like these cannabis control commissioners are now doing their job. So I, I think you brought up a great point though, right off the bat. Uh, exactly. Does this get implemented? Is this just all talk? And I want to ask Danny, what do you think about all of this? Weigh in on, you know, jump in on wherever you want to go with this. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I, I think that everybody's standing up and stepping forward uh, on behalf of, of Lorna and, and what she went through and for the, also the workers who remain in that facility and many others throughout the state. I think it's what they did was really important. Um, they showed that they are looking at it, that they're, you know, want to do something to change it. Um, and I mean, that's more than we've had so far. So um, I'm very pleased with that uh, for, for those people who are stepping up and making sure that the agents know the phone number they know who to contact, and there might even be a contact form out there in the future. Um, those are great tools that will definitely help future whistleblowing because, quite frankly, this is not, like you said, an isolated incident. This is happening around the state and around the country. And, um, you know, Lorna's death is not going to be the only one. Um, and if we don't put these things in place, it's, it could be tragic again. And, of course, that's what we all want to stop from happening. Um, so I'm I'm glad to see that they put a lot of work and, and time and effort into this um, finally, uh, because it is so important. Um, like they said, this, these are vulnerable communities of workers who who aren't making a lot of money, who really need that job that is probably making $16 an hour, and they just want to have a job they enjoy in the local area. Um, and... You know, I, I think it's of the vital importance that it's taken seriously by the CCC because these are people and faces that those people see in their facility when they're doing inspections. Nobody knows who OSHA is or how to even contact them if you want to follow up on a on a statement. Um, you know, there's nobody answering a phone there. Um, so having a local, uh, more local uh, officials that can come in um, you know, the, the same day or the next day, if, if an incident does happen and pull that footage, like they said, then that is very worthwhile. Um, the only thing that I can, you know, really come back with is 
uh, questioning why it took them so long to follow up on this because it's likely that that video footage of Lorna and what happened in that room uh, is no longer available to them because of their regulations and the video storage length. Um, so if they were able to follow up within a timely fashion, they would have been able to see exactly what the circumstances were within that room because they are the only company and the, the CCC is the only commission and the only anything governing cannabis um, manufacturing that can even legally pull that footage, you know, um, to go in and, and, I mean, they have money regulations about video cameras. Um, they have every point in the room. I'm sure we would have seen a lot of that uh, if that footage was released by Trulieve, but of course that won't happen, sure. Um, so, I mean, overall, I'm very grateful. I'm hopeful that moving forward, they're going to put these actions into place and, and really, you know, use their words uh, to make the action happen in Massachusetts because it is concerning to me. And I hope that, you know, other states follow that same direction as they start uh, opening up a, a recreational use in Connecticut uh, and other places around the country. Um, more and more of this is going to open. Um, people are becoming more and more financially stressed. And when we have financial stress uh, in a company that limits resources for employees, almost almost first thing out, out the door is going to be safety. So if they have you know tax money to uh, give out for grants to uh, social equity companies to provide them with CPR training for their employees, then I think that that is a great use of that funding that they've you know, collected as a state um, to help those companies who are financially struggling already um, to get safety training for their people um, so that this can really, you know, make a turn for the better. Um, we can make real change in the state and, and set, you know, new ground for what's normal in other states as well. So we got a comment, a couple of comments uh, from a Facebook user. Uh, he says, I, or, they say, I'll say that, they say, I hope the follow-up there is better than in Washington State where they send a letter to the employer, accept their answer as gospel truth, then tell the whistleblower no problem there. Well, we've seen that often in Massachusetts with the Cannabis Control Commission and with OSHA themselves. OSHA, a lot of times when an employee files a complaint, OSHA does take it to the company, but oftentimes they don't even go inspect them. All they do is say, this is the complaint, we expect you to respond in writing and tell us what happened and how you're going to correct this within like 30 days, which, you know, it doesn't sound awesome. It's not the best, honestly, it's not, it's not great for a quick change, but what it does do, what it does establish is a written record. And oftentimes what you find is the bad players will lie in those responses. And that creates a written record of lies to the feds, which aren't good later on for them. So it is very helpful when employees complain to OSHA, if it is a you know valid complaint, it's very helpful, even if nothing is done, because it creates that written record. And sometimes it's very useful in the future. And it also alerts this, the uh, OSHA that there may be an issue when the second complaint comes in, the third complaint. So these complaints are very important. I think people should file them, even if they do get ignored. Uh, Danny, what's your comment on that comment from a listener? Yeah, uh, 
I mean, as an old employee of the cannabis industry, I've chosen to just kind of stay out of that uh, agent for my future. Um, but you know, as somebody who has worked in there for multiple years now, um, it's of the utmost importance that people step up and stand up for people around them for one, um, and that they can't really lose hope. Uh, they have to, you know, be be motivating for other people to want to educate themselves, ask those questions to their employers of, you know, when are we going to receive CPR training? Um, you know, where is the AED in the building located? Um, it's very frustrating when OSHA complaints go ignored. I've had my OSHA complaints ignored. Um, it's it's frustrating. However, it still means documentation, like you said. Um, and it doesn't mean that they won't in the future use that um, as you know evidence to go and inspect the facility. Um, and as the, the commissioners were saying, being as detailed as possible, even if small things, you know, uh, seem small, they might be of the utmost importance. Um, you're seeing a lot of inhalers laying around the tables at your production facility, then you should know that you have a problem with people's air quality. Um, it should be, you know, common sense to check on your employees at that point if they're having to bring inhalers to work that they didn't have prescribed to them before. But I mean, going above and beyond as a supervisor, as a friend, as a coworker is really important and it could save somebody's life. Um, so I hope that everybody, you know, hears that today, um, sees that the CCC does, you know, does care about employee um, safety and uh, I'm really hopeful that you know they will follow up on this uh, and you know just as they find for inventory discrepancies they will find for not provided with PPE that's proper for what they're doing or not being trained on CPR in a manufacturing facility um, things of that nature so or having bad air quality I, I think air like you said it's like the number one thing it's it's if the air isn't getting checked for quality, there's a problem. Um, I gotta, I love this. I love these comments. I, I was looking for this. And this is a guy I'd never heard from before. And he's on a first name basis with me, which is interesting. I'm wondering if he's one of those sock accounts, but he writes, Mike period, you sold out the CCC, grow some balls. <laughs> really? I don't even know what to say to that. I want to ask Danny, what what do you think about that comment right now? Um, I wow, uh, Jim Lake, uh, stand up guy. Uh, do you know him? No, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I it's just like how how did I sell out to the CCC? Like, what did I what did I get out of it? Like, yeah. like what? I walk dogs, dude. I'm not like uh, the other dude who's trying to become a consultant or uh, an attorney. I don't know what he's doing, whatever they're doing. I'm not that guy. I don't give a shit. Like I walk dogs for a living. So what am I selling out? That's what I want to know, Jim. The only thing I care about, there's only one, Danny, what's the one thing I care about? What do you think? Everybody's story being told and information getting out to the public that they need to know about. And that workers don't die like Lorna did. Absolutely. Because, you know, that fucking killed me. It's all I care about, Jim. So I'm selling out to stop someone from dying. That That's what it is. 
If you don't sell out for that, if you don't sell out for the next 27-year-old, I want to ask you, what the hell's wrong with you, Jim? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a 27-year-old girl who didn't come home from work because her employer didn't care. The Cannabis Control Commission didn't care. The OSHA didn't really care. Nobody gave a shit except Danny who, who and, and her family and her, and her friends. We care. And that's what this is about. So if the Cannabis Control Commission is talking about it, we expect them to do something and we will hold them accountable. Believe me, if they don't act and they don't do some of the stuff they're talking about, there's nothing for me to sell out to. Uh, Zach, what do you, do you have a comment on that? On Jim, on Jim's comment? Yeah, Jim's comment or anything on anything <laughs> Danny said or anything that we're talking about right now. You know, I, I, I agree with Danny um, on everything you said, um, including your intentions. Uh, I don't think it's wrong to look at these regulatory committees for answers and for accountability when stuff goes wrong in the very industry that they're responsible for. Um, I don't think working with them and getting an answer from them is, is selling out. Um, so I'll just leave that at that. Yeah. I think we may have a call coming in from uh, a family member, a loaner. I'm going to try to get them on the phone. I'm turning on the Bluetooth. If I can get that back on. Uh, let's try to do that right now. There it goes. So, uh, yeah, we, I think we, well, actually, let's see if we get the call on right now. Oh, I think we got it going. Let's bring up this call and see who's on the phone right now. Oh, this is Sandy and Lorna's aunt. Oh, Lorna's aunt, Sandy. You're the, yes, uh, yes. you're the sister of, uh, Laura's mom. I mean, Laura. uh, Lorna's mom, Laura, right? Yes. And you're calling in. What have yes. you been listening to the show? What do you think? I sure have Mike. And I don't know about that last caller, but I want to thank you for everything that you brought to the surface. And we know you're not getting out anything out of this, except for the fight to wrong things that you make things right that are wrong. You care about people and you show it. And I want everyone to know that, that you've meant a lot to Lorna and to her family and the CCC. I hope they do what they say. I'm glad we got their attention. Uh, but the OSHA, mm, I have got no faith in OSHA at all. I don't know how they can do a thorough investigation like the CCC members said that they do when they don't even know what they're looking for to tell you the truth, but they did find and they're fined for 35000 and they're knocked down to $14,502. So I don't have much faith in OSHA. So I hope what the CCC is talking about, I'm glad we got their attention, but it's going to take a lot more than just attention. It's going to take them fighting too. And I'm sorry to say, but this is going on in every state. Um, it's not just in Massachusetts. You heard about Washington. It's being done in California. Every Keith is being processed the same way everywhere. And I'm really worried that we're going to lose another life before anything is done for the workers. But I am so thankful for you. And that I want everyone to know that this is the anniversary of Lorna's funeral. It will be a year tomorrow. And this has been a real hard road for this family. Um, we may not talk a lot at times, and we may have stats, but boy, when those chips are down, we pull together. And I want to thank you, Mike, for helping us, because if it 
wasn't for you to lead us. Uh, we've learned an awful lot and a lot to fight. And I want to thank you for everything. And I want the workers to be safe. And that's what we all want. And that's what we're all fighting for in the end. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you for everything you're doing for Lorna and her mom, your sister, and all the family and friends. Yeah. You, you, you also are uh, kicking butt. I gotta say. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's hard. I'm the oldest, and you know it's hard to watch my sister, my little sister. I'm 12 years older than her, go through all this because she loses it, and she's having a real hard time still. And I'm trying to be strong there, and I keep telling myself I have to be strong like my niece Lorna. And uh, as soon as I say that, I get the strength from her. And from up above, I'll tell you. But we're going to keep marching on. And I want everybody to sign those petitions, please, and keep it on coming. And for every state to start signing them everywhere. My son up in Nevada is working on it. And I want everybody to start working towards all of this to have everybody safe in the cannabis industry and make sure they do what they need to do. And I don't care about old buildings like the PCC member talked about. Those old buildings, if they can't adapt to the clean air quality for the workers, then we don't use those old, old buildings, do we? Let's just blow them up and get rid of them because half of Massachusetts is falling apart anyway. As far as I'm concerned, I lived there five years and it was enough for me. <laughs> so <laughs> Thank you. that's how I feel about Massachusetts. <laughs> but my whole family was raised there. and I was born in New York, but uh, other than that, my whole family was from there and they're still there. But <laughs> I've always been a California girl since I was two. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll fight this fight and nobody's going to give up, but. I can't believe some of the crazy people that call in with their <laughs> comments because it's like, where are you? Are you off the wall or what? You know, it's the like, internet is funny. I didn't get a thing out of this. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the internet is funny, isn't that's it? Why I that's, why, that's why I had to call in. I'm like, what is wrong with this person? Mike doesn't get anything out of this, but to make things right and try you know to help. Yeah. And that crusade. <laughs> you know, it's great. I, I, I said I love those comments because I know my audience – is gonna is gonna know like i know that they know and uh oh I mean, yeah i mean i share it I, I, i'm not a good actor for people like if i was acting you would know <laughs> <laughs> exactly i'm the same way you can read my face <laughs> yeah i could never so get I, away I with know it. exactly i got caught anything yeah. i ever did wrong i always got caught so i stopped doing <laughs> things wrong right <laughs> When I was a kid. <laughs> well, I didn't do, I, I was the oldest, so I had to do everything right and try to teach the other one. That, that's the other they part. Didn't always yeah. follow suit. Yeah. They didn't follow suit, some of them, but it's okay. I did my best. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I know. I know. It's just been, it's just been hard. We've been sitting here Thank talking you. about it already going to be a year, a year since her funeral, you know, and it's, it's really hard. It's just, I can't believe a year has gone by already. And, but we're getting there. It's slowly but surely we're getting there. So. Now, now, I want to thank you for calling in. Sandy is the aunt. The, the aunt. I'm saying it right. Aunt. 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 Why do I say aunt? Aunt. I don't know. Sometimes well, it's funny. Got, I know yeah. how to say words, and then I get on the air, and I forget how to say them. The aunt. Well, she always, call, she always called me uh, her auntie. Her I auntie. Her auntie. Um, auntie. Lorna. Yeah. And um, people have yeah. been asking, too, about the lawsuit, because I know that there, there are definitely – Looks like there will be a civil suit. I've looked at the uh, the attorneys that your sister has. They look very impressive. Do you have any comment, or do you, do you want to say anything about this civil suit at all, or can you even? 
there's going to be a suit. <clears throat> it's coming on down the line as, as more and more information is gathered. And due to your podcast, I must say, her attorneys seem to have a lot of information. And so the whistleblowers and whoever else is contacting the attorneys because there's somebody contacting them and giving them all kinds of information. So that's about all we know right now and that we just have to kind of sit tight and let them, you know, do their thing. But as far as OSHA, I was told that they have the footage. Now, whether they do or they don't, because I know Danny said they only keep it for like 90 days. And I don't know when OSHA went in and, and did get the footage, but supposedly the attorneys have told my sister that OSHA has the footage because my sister contacted Human Resources when this happened with Lorna and told them, I want to see that footage. I want nothing to happen to it, and I'm letting you know that. And she has told everybody under the sun that that's going to be the hardest footage that she ever watches, but it's something that she needs to see, and, she, and that's how she feels. So somebody better have the footage showing what happened at the last minute of Lauren's life. But there's going to be hell to pay all the way down the line because she also told OSHA the same thing. So I have no idea. Of course, you know, she hasn't seen it yet or anything, and she's not really in a state to see it yet. So I do hope the attorneys are, you know, uh, subpoenaing all that, which I'm sure they are because they don't seem like there are no dummies up there because I've kind of checked their credentials too, and they look pretty darn good. So we'll see what happens, but that's all I know at this time. So I just know they said that they have a lot of information. That's what they told my sister. So we'll see what happens and, you know, go from there, I guess. It's, it moves slow, <laughs> I must say, but moving slow is better than not moving at all. And thanks to you, we are at least moving forward. So that's what I'm thankful for. Thank you so much for calling in, Sandy. Okay, Michael, you have a blessed night. and Everybody keep on trucking for Lorna. That's all I have to say. Her family's all here, and we all love her. So thank you, Mike, and you have a wonderful night, okay? You too. Thank you, Sandy. Okay. Um, bye-bye. We're the Young Jerks. You can call in. Uh, we'll take a call, 978-560-3155. That was Sandy. She is the aunt of Lorna McMurray passed away who's the true leaf worker we have two guests uh in studio here danny who is danny carson who is a great whistleblower who worked at true leaf we also have zachley who is new hampshire canna patient nh canna patient on twitter he posts a lot about new hampshire and uh the cannabis the medical cannabis patient movement up there and home grow which we're going to talk about in new hampshire in a second but I want to ask you both, uh, do you have any comments on uh, anything else that's come up since uh, Sandy's call or even comments on Sandy's call? I'm really grateful that she called in. Uh, it's always good to hear uh, from Lorna's family and understanding, you know, where things are at. Um, it always motivates me, I know, uh, to, to, you know, do what we're doing because uh, it's so, so important to, to so many lives right now. I, I really can't express that enough that uh, justice is served here. Um, so I'm, I, for one, I'm really looking forward, uh, to, you know, working closely, uh, with anybody that I can to try and push this forward, um, to try and get workers safe, um, in their workplaces as they should be. Um, whether you're in a federally illegal industry or not, 
de you deserve to be safe where you work. Um, so I'm 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 grateful. Sandy called in. Uh, it's always good to hear from them. Danny, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very good point. It's one of the things that keeps me very excited and happy about this movement right now. And Sandy mentioned it too. She said the the attorneys getting documents from a whistleblower, a True Leaf. It's it's just amazing the amount of people that have come out of the woodwork because of what happened with Lorna McMurray, the amount of friends I've made, the amount of people that have sent us documents, like literally sitting in an office at truly sending us documents. Like, I just can't tell you, like there are so many people who have stood up and it's just a growing, I call it a movement. Now there's a lot going on even behind the scenes that you don't see expect more. Like I said, this is just the beginning. We're going to make sure that Lorna's name is around for a long time and that this movement doesn't stop, that it's just not one hearing and then they don't do anything. Uh, someone made a comment. I hope the CCC doesn't just hold empty words. It does what they promise. The entire thing was avoidable. That would came from a Facebook comment just now. Uh, another Facebook comment, a Facebook uh, folk uh, wrote. Thank you, Mike and Danny. Mine and Lorna McMurray's family are forever grateful what you have done, love. That's why I do it. If that's what selling out is, then, yeah. You know? With the Young Jerks, I want to thank our guests tonight for being here. Uh, I want to go to Zach now. Because in New Hampshire, you guys have been trying to legalize it. There's been different bills. Things have almost happened. <laughs> Every state in New England now has legalized it, except what they call the free state. I mean, the, the live free or die state. They have that on the license plate, live free or die, <laughs> New Hampshire. And they still haven't legalized cannabis. They don't have legal home grow. You're fighting for it. What's going on on that angle? Tell us. Yeah, so it's just, you know, ever since I've become a patient up in New Hampshire, uh, home cultivation for medical patients has been the focus of my of my fight, you know, with with the medical program the quality we receive from dispensaries is pretty subpar and the price patients have to pay is pretty up there. Um, like everybody else out there, you know, everybody's struggling these days. We have to make conscious decisions, cut costs where we can. And the dispensaries just charge an absorbent amount of money for cannabis. And, you know, patients for the longest time have been saying, you know, how much home cultivation would change their lives and their, and the way they interact with the program. Um, and that's just the focus of it, you know, and New Hampshire patients are sort of unique in the fact where all of our dispensaries in the state have publicly stated and testified at the state house and on bills regarding home grow that they support it and they will be there to assist and support patients in that process along the way. Um, the only party that had an issue with it the last time the bill was heard was the chief of police union. Um, they were the only people to testify against supporting, you know, home cultivation for medical cannabis patients. So yeah, that's where we are right now. There's a bill down the line that would, that will allow, you know, patients to grow if it succeeds. That's HB 431. Um, and that's permitting qualifying patients and designated caregivers to cultivate cannabis for therape therapeutic use. Um, that's really just what patients want as well as you know affordability and more accessibility to the program 
I hope it happens. It's, I mean, that's crazy that you still don't even have it for patients. Never mind. Just uh, adult use. Facebook user just wrote, that's great news. So what's the bill uh, name again? HB what? HB 431. So I hope people, you, you know, you can contact your legislators right now in New Hampshire. Tell them support okay. HB 131. Yep, HB 431. And, you know, more importantly, you know, we have HB 82, you know, coming up this Thursday for a hearing. HB 82, you know, that's relative to employment protections for participants in the therapeutic cannabis program. If we're talking about workers, worker safety on all accounts here, let's let's focus on the patients as well. You know, in New Hampshire, let's provide those protections for workers um, in the workplace. So, you know, people can continue to afford the cannabis and the dispensaries that go to those dispensaries. Um, it's kind of crazy that this is still an issue that patients don't already have those protections. Um, so also support HB 82. That hearing is coming up this Thursday. I posted personally how to write some written testimony if you're not able to make it Thursday at the State House on the NH Trees Reddit page. Um, it's the top post there. So if you're interested, just hop over to NH Trees on Reddit and you'll see how to write some testimony for HB 82, which would give patients employment protections in their workplace. Awesome. And Danny, you've got a, uh, a GoFundMe up right now. Danny Carson, are you still there? Oh, we maybe we lost Danny. Oh, I think he's on mute. Danny, you might want to, uh, if you're still there, just uh, yeah, unmute yourself. Yeah. Yes, we can now. Okay. All right, great. Um, yeah, just to touch on that, I think that's fantastic. It's been uh, important. Like New Hampshire, so many of Ah, uh, you're breaking up. Great testimony to support this. It's very important. Let's try again. You, you were starting to break up. Uh, it sounded like you're starting to get clear. Maybe uh, Danny will try to jump back in. He had a bad connection there. We're the young jerks, and I, you know, we wanted to talk to Danny. He's got a. He wants to set like a social consumption club out, club up in uh, Springfield, Mass. And he's looking for some funds to do it. And uh, hopefully some people will kick down and support his project. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook. We've also linked that up on our Young Jerks Facebook group. If you're not part of our Facebook group, definitely join there. It's a great community of people. We're also on Twitter at The Young Jerks. I want to thank everyone who shares, likes our live feed, you know, our live shows every week, every time we do a show. Uh, I see a lot of you sharing that stuff. I hope you're sharing the podcast too uh, with all your friends and families because a lot of content that maybe you don't see on the live stream, sometimes it's only exclusively on the podcast. We put everything on that podcast. So if you want to make sure that you're getting everything, I'd also suggest subscribing wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, we're everywhere. You can find us, uh, Overcast, you name it, we're there. Uh, I like iTunes. I know a lot of people listen to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a rating and review if you can. That also helps us in the algorithm. I want to thank all the people who have been supporting this show, uh, both with the sharing as well as the small financial contributions that people do give us to continue. Uh, there is a cost to doing this. We do pay for our stream yard every month as well as some other costs that uh, continual monthly costs, including 
Uh, insurance, we have a liability insurance policy on our writing so that uh, if we do ever get sued by a true leaf, we'd have an attorney uh, ready to go. Hopefully, you never know what uh, the insurance companies will actually cover. But I, I don't think they, they could ever sue us. We, we're just like straight shooters. We're, we really try to get everything right. If, if there's something wrong, I would hope that Truly would let us know and let us know what is uh, incorrect. But mostly they ignore us. And not really. I mean, they're watching us. I, I, I see how, how many of them, uh, their executives are following us on uh, LinkedIn and viewing my profiles. But uh, they don't make many comments. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Kind of hiding away, which is probably the smartest thing that they could do. Don't you think so, Zach? Oh, yeah. You know, like like you said, if there was anything wrong in what you were saying, they had every right to approach you, tell you what was wrong and prove it. But, you know, I think the silence is telling it all here. I think it's definitely doing a lot of covering up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, they want this to go away, but we're not going away, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I I'd like the thing we were talking about earlier, the paperwork thing, the, the, uh, the appointment, this story has legs. Like, I don't see that, uh, in a month people are going to be worrying about the appointment of Shannon O'Brien. You know what I mean? Like this story that we've been covering and the worker safety issue for us, it's like a six year old story. Lorna, we found out about that about six months ago now. And, and like the interest has a die. Like if anything, it's gotten more intense. Like we didn't, we haven't done a show since the first of the year. People hit me up like almost every week. And like, they didn't do that before. Now they're like, when are you doing your next show on true leaf? Like they, they want more. They're like, well, what's 100%. the latest news? Like I didn't see that with a lot of our coverage in the past. Like people, you know, watch support, you know, show up, but it's not that thing where, People are hitting me up like I've been hitting your podcast every day to see if there's a new show. There hasn't been one since September 1st. Like I heard that again this week and I was just like, this is funny. Like I can't keep up with their demand, you yeah. know, it's just, which is a good feeling. Like it's people care about 100%. this issue, care about the story. So uh, I just tell That's everyone, when you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Keep supporting, keep helping us because it's working. I, I was shocked. I was shocked by the Cannabis Control Commission. I get why people are still skeptical and don't want to trust them. And, you know, believe me, I, I'm right in line with you. But. Oh, 100 percent. And, you know, if, to, if, to piggyback yeah. on our. Oh, not to go completely ahead. Yo, change go ahead. subject. No, no. no. <laughs> Just to yeah. piggyback on our surprises with, you know, regulatory boards and people that are involved with them, you know, when we're talking and we're thinking about, you know, New Hampshire homegrown and, you know, thinking about who's. Um, who supported it. Like I said, all three of the dispensary companies in the state have signed on to support. Um, something that we've been focusing on is getting the medical oversight board to take a stance on it. Um, I asked them specifically in their October meeting, if they had any interest in taking a stance on medical home grow. And they told me that it probably wouldn't do much good. Um, but if we fast forward to the December meeting, or I believe the January meeting, actually, the Medical Oversight Board said they would support Home Grow in a twisting turn of events. So that caught my surprise as well. Why? Um, Why did they change? Why well, did they you change? Know, I think we had a listening session over a year ago um, where patients were able to go in person to Concord or remote in via Zoom and have a listening session with the board, share our concerns of the program, what what's working um, and what's not working. And a big part of that was home cultivation. So I think they kind of 
had their backs against the wall. They saw a bill coming down the line in 2023 in the upcoming session. And I think they ultimately had to take a stance on it um, coming up. And personally, that support is going to be huge. We still have a, a good fight ahead of us to get this for patients, but it's almost overwhelmingly supported. It's almost crazy if it's not going to go through for the patients and caregivers. People speak up. It makes a difference. 100%. And that's why we need public forums, more of this. What uh, the Cannabis Control Commission did this week was great. I just hope it continues. It has to continue. And I do have some faith. You know, I, I get faith from action. You know, like, I I was, like, I if you look at the turn of events this week on my Twitter, I was raging. Like, I was so mad <laughs> the night before. I, did you see some of my tweets when I was posting, Zach? I think I did. I think I did. I think I think I saw some. Like, I, I you even a like, you, out there. <laughs> yeah, and I was even like, maybe I've gone too far. Like, because I was attacking the commissioners personally. It's a big issue. You know? I mean, we're talking about people's lives here and someone's life who was lost. Um, I think it's a big issue that they weren't going to escape because there's people like you out there that are on the story. They're on the story and people want answers. You know, as you said, people are reaching out every week to you looking for updates, looking for new developments on the story and it's not going anywhere. So I kind of think, you know, a lot of these regulatory bodies, their backs are against the wall for a lot of these things. There's been too much inaction for it to keep going. Like show, show us what you're actually doing. And, you know, all those words are good, but to me, it's, it's all about the follow through. How can they be transparent to everybody submitting those complaints and those, you know, those things that they're seeing in the workplace, how are they being followed up and what's the transparency like? Um, it is that that's going to be huge. And if the CCC can do something to, make that more transparent and make that process a little bit more straightforward. I feel like a lot more people will feel comfortable coming forward and speaking up about what's going on in their own workplace. They'll feel like someone actually cares. Um, they won't feel like their email or their complaint or their form is just being shoved to the side in a filing cabinet for future use when something bigger happens. Um, Cause that's the biggest thing here. I feel like everybody's sort of waiting until the next big thing happens when mm. You should already have yeah, those I've, things in place, you know? I, I mean, I'm biggest, looking every day. Yeah. I, I do a search for every morning. I start my first search in the news for truly purely. I just do a search to see if there's been any explosions, any new employer employee lawsuits. And, and we find them like, I, and I'm, I'm just like, I wonder how long it will be before someone dies at one of these places again. Um, and I would like to see Massachusetts be the leader on this. I feel like we have uh all the education and the hospitals and the medical, this would be a perfect place for Massachusetts to be the leader on it. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, um, Shannon O'Brien's also told me that she is like, she's following up with OSHA. Like I know a lot of us have not been happy about OSHA that they haven't done enough. Well, I, you know, if anyone can get OSHA to do something, you know, who the, who's OSHA bought the, the boss of OSHA right now is. Tell the me. former mayor, former mayor of Boston, basically the the head of the gotcha. Department of Labor, is Marty Walsh. Oh, That's true. And uh, you know, you know, you know, Shannon Ryan and Marty Walsh are buddies. I guarantee it. So, you know, I I just feel like I want to thank her. Like I I feel like she's gotten a lot of shit from this community, and she stood up this week. Like she, you can see it in the hearing. We're gonna play the whole hearing, um, and I and I think she's gonna get something done. 
Like, and I'm not saying that I'm going to agree on everything that she does going forward. Some of the stuff, I guarantee you, I'll probably butt heads with her. I guarantee you there will be a moment when I'm going, that damn Shannon O'Brien. But on this, and as a person, and as someone who actually walks the talk, you know, like, they, a lot of people are a BS artist. I don't think she's full of it. I, I really, from my experience, I don't think I'm easily snookered either. You know, I, I don't think I fall for these people. I've, you know how many politicians we've had on this show? You know how many politicians we've had on this show that talk to us about the issues when they're running for office and then a week later, I can't get them to return the call. And then there are other politicians a week later, they're emailing me asking me for their advice on what just happened related to cannabis. So I see both sides of it. I see some politicians who actually do give a shit and do take action. And then I see other ones who are bullshit artists, just like anything else. And I think after a while, you kind of get an idea who's pulling your leg. And uh, I'll be really surprised if if uh, Shannon O'Brien turns her back on us at this point. I, th I think that she's all over this issue. I think she does care about it. So, I, again, I want to thank the head of the commission, the chairwoman, Shannon O'Brien. I want to thank uh, Jennifer Roy. I want to thank uh, Bruce. He's another cannabis. Bruce Stebbins. Uh, uh, Norris Camago and Ava Concepcion. I think all five of them expressed their support of this worker safety issue this week. And it was really good to see. And it was really good to see Sean Collins, a guy I've given so much shit to. And I think it was deserved. Like, I don't think that I, you know, I don't feel as bad about the shit I gave Sean Collins. But it was at the same time, it was great to see Sean Collins actually talking about this, taking it serious. And I'm sure he does. But how the hell do we know when he's not saying anything? So, you know, I think Sean Collins and the whole staff of the Cannabis Control Commission should follow Shannon O'Brien's lead. She saved your friggin' ass. She got you to talk about it. That's all we want to hear. We want to know that you're, you're taking this as seriously as we are. And it felt damn good. And I know it felt good for Laura and Sandy and her, the whole family. And that's and the Nerese, biggest part of it too. Yeah. And Norris Camago, I, I, I went after her so hard on Twitter the night before. I do. I feel a little bad about it. And I, I brought up the one year anniversary of the death of Lorna. And at the Cannabis Control Commission, Norris Camago basically was like responding to it. And it wasn't nasty. It was like with concern and caring and interest. And she wasn't spiting us because I got nasty on, on Twitter the night before. So I want to thank her too. Like that's leadership. That's that's what we're asking for. You know, I... I could be the biggest jerk around. I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. It's fun for me. But after a while, it's not fun because people are dying. And, and like, we want action. We want things to change. That's what this is all about. This selling out for us is winning, getting things changed. That's, that's when I celebrate the most. I don't celebrate as much about awards or donations or getting 
5,000 views or whatever it is that people impress people. What I get excited about is when we win things. When, when progress happens, that's when I get excited. And this was a sign that we're close and that they're listening and that people are making a difference. You're making a difference. The 300 people that signed that petition last week, you made a difference. So I'm inspired. You inspired me. And I want to thank Zach tonight. I want to thank Danny. I want to thank Sandy. I want to thank all the people listening, sharing, and commenting. Uh, you're still here, Zach. Do you have any final thoughts, comments, anything you want to promote or share tonight? Uh, yeah, you know, just uh, New Hampshire home grow, New Hampshire legalization. We're an island of prohibition. I kind of hate that phrase. It's kind of silly to me. Um, but there's a lot of bills out there that would impact cannabis in New Hampshire, both on the adult use side and on the medicinal side. Um, so definitely stay tuned to NH Trees and my Twitter page. Um, I'll be keeping everybody updated on the bills and when there's hearings and, you know, write testimony. That's the biggest part. We just need to make sure that the voices are heard and that the most important voices are getting across um, so that's, that's the biggest part of all of this as well. And if you're looking to get involved, looking to get into a little community, um, I have a discord community, feel free to jump in at any point. It's discord.gg forward slash TMWCC. The link is in my bio on my Instagram page, NH Patient, as well as my Twitter page, NH Patient. Um, happy to see you in there. There's a lot of people from all over New England, the world, um, that participate, talk cannabis, and keep everybody educated, um, making sure that consumers and patients are making informed decisions when they approach their cannabis purchases, as well as just keeping everybody informed on anything cannabis going on. We share a lot of a lot of Mike's content in there, a lot of a lot of things going on in the region. Um, it's a very good community. So if you're looking to jump into a to a good Discord community to get involved, feel free to jump on my bios and join us. Awesome. Doors always open. Today, uh, NH Canna patient on Twitter as well. And you got yes. the Reddit, New Hampshire trees. People can follow and join on that. Uh, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight. Thank you, Zach. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And we're the young jerks. I want to thank everyone for following. I'm going to close the night by playing that video again. If I can get it back up here, just of course, I just shut down all my windows by accident. <laughs> but this is fun. I, I love running. Actually, I might. I'm not sure what we're gonna do. If we're gonna go from the beginning, or and, yeah, you know what? Let's play um, it from the beginning. So thank you, Commissioner. I, I I'll try Let's to just remember to hold these um, words accountable. Was the whistleblower? Yeah. Well, this this is people for people that don't know. This is the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission from earlier this week. Uh, we played like the first, I don't know, almost 20 minutes of it earlier. It's a good like 38 minutes of discussion. Um, where are we? Actually, you know what? We're going to play where we dropped off, basically. We, we were 20 minutes in. We're going to play the last 18 minutes of it. Uh, if you want to hear it from the beginning, you can just uh, hit replay on the, on the replay on Facebook later or just listen to it on uh, iTunes in like an hour because we're going to put the whole thing up. But... Uh, for people who've been listening from the beginning, this is the, the end of the commission discussion on worker safety. You're going to hear some other voices jump in. Uh, it's a very exciting time. I want to tell people, if you haven't, please sign the petition, change.org slash Lorna McMurray. 
please sign that. A lot of people have signed it. This is what, you know, I think helped get them to discuss this at the hearing, uh, the petition. They definitely were referencing it. Uh, they said petition a couple of times. You heard them. And they also uh, talked about, you know, our two big ass there. So I, I thank everyone for signing it. We're going to close the show uh, by playing the Cannabis Control Commissioners earlier this week talking about worker safety. It was a historic hearing. This is the first time. This is something that I've been waiting for for six years now. Thank God. Here we go. Behind the survey is to collect information that we could maybe share with OSHA if there is a recurrent theme that we are seeing in these surveys. And my third point is CANRA. Um, I know you meet regularly with the um, Cannabis Association of National Regulators. Um, is is there something you guys can do collectively to talk about workplace safety and to bring that forward? OSHA is a federal agency to bring that forward. And like Washington State doesn't is doing a cannabis dust asthma study, or they have done. Like so, best practices other states are doing, recommendations through Canra. Um, at the end of the day, we all want our registered agents to be in a safe workplace. Um, so I, just three thoughts that I wanted to share. Um, so thank you, Commissioner. I, I, I'll try to take them in order. Um, so first was the whistleblower SOP and the requirement for signage. I don't know that OSHA standards require that signage be posted. If they do, obviously that would be a compliance issue or question for us. I just need to look into that specifically as a the signage aspect of that. I do know that uh, much like us as an employer, um, certain signage is required to be posted. So uh, I'll just have to explore that specifically. Uh, the equivalence, I wrote down patient survey, but the question was more specific to registered agents. Uh, I'd have to explore the possibility. I, I don't think it's a, a, a bad idea whatsoever. The only quirk I think in our system would be potentially, uh, I know that agents are often registered by the employer. So the the access with the say the email address on file may in fact be the employer. So uh, that would just be something to work through. I would just need to kind of call or, or review data. And by, by I, I mean, someone on our team would have to go and do that. Uh, this is a conversation for for Canra nationally. I, I do know that uh, worker safety, it, it also comes from a number of um, perspectives too. And I, one of the things that we talk about at Canra relatively frequently is ensuring that federal regulators as well as federal policymakers know that there is a perspective to be gained from local state regulators. And so when Congress, for instance, is, is discussing and debating various uh, legalization efforts, you don't often see a state regulator sitting up at the at the desk offering their perspective. And I think Canra has done an admirable job. In fact, I think try, try and try as they might, uh, you often see industry experts testifying before Congress. You often see uh, any number of, of licensees in various jurisdictions. You see often the trade groups uh, that are testifying before Congress, but you don't often see someone in, in your capacity or in my capacity uh, sharing that perspective. So I think it's it's just, I, I flagged that as a central focus for Canra. And I also give Canra's leadership, especially uh, Jillian Shower, the executive director, a lot of credit uh, for, for turning the volume up a little bit on, on that specific point. Uh, that said, I, I do know that we've enjoyed access uh, to various uh, federal agencies, whether it be the FDA, TTB, et cetera. Uh, and OSHA is now, I, I think, uh, a highly relevant agency for us to engage with. So. Uh, your point is is well taken. It's obviously something to be explored. I also want to compliment our, our staff as well. They, they've engaged with Canra and therefore are networking with their peers across the country. 
and that opportunity presents the ability to then ping somebody uh, in a, another, another jurisdiction, excuse me, and say, what are you guys or, or you know, what is your team seeing or experiencing? And I just want to compliment, especially our local OSHA uh, field offices. Um, and so OSHA enjoys regional field offices throughout Massachusetts. There's sort of the, the Western Central and, and Metro Boston areas. Uh, and what they do, obviously, is they're responsible for those inspections. And they've been readily available to us, I think, Chair, to your point, uh, both in a listening uh, posture as well as in a, a sharing posture. Uh, and they also, again, I want to just clarify too for the public, submitting an inquiry to us uh, or submitting anything to us uh, often generates work for us. And we're, we're happy to do that work. I shouldn't say we're happy. We're, um, we know that that's our job to do and, and we, we readily do that. Um, but the other thing that I just want to clarify for the public, especially is setting expectations, uh, that we will follow up on each and every inquiry uh, and we will run down every lead. You may not see that activity. And so I think in fairness, I want to give our staff the, the space and the credit uh, for going forth and, and again, taking statements, interviewing people. Uh, but we also, we know that our burdens are that we must prove things. And so in doing that, uh, we build administrative records, we build cases. Uh, and then when those cases are, are ripe uh, to this and meeting, kind of passing that threshold of a finding is when we would present something to the commission for that finding. So I just want to be clear that um, someone submitting a whistleblower complaint to us, if you don't see something a week later, um, it doesn't mean nothing's happening. Just wanted to clarify that last point. Yeah. Thank you, Krishna Camargo. Yeah, if I may. Um, so I just want to say thank you for Sean for that. I'm glad it was not brief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was brief. No, no. Yeah. Listen, you know, let let let's be real here. Um, it's timely, and I know you know. Chairwoman and I had a conversation recently just about having this conversation and possibly bringing it as an item to the agenda, right? And in, in, term, in terms of worker safety, you know, you said something like folks may not see that the activity behind the scenes. And I think that, you know, that's the hard part of these jobs is that people don't know what we're working on, what, you know, what our, our team is, is doing, who they're speaking to, where they're going. Um, and, you know, we talked about the budget recently, we talked about cars. And it just brought me back to, you know, I'm glad that we have the cars. I'm glad that we're able to spend because we got to get our, our compliance folks and our investigators and folks out to these facilities a lot more to, you know, interact, engage, um, and just check on, you know, what's happening, right? We're still a new industry. But I also want to say, and I know it's very hard for people to talk about death, but, you know, January 7th was Lorna McMurray's, you know, anniversary of her death. And I think that she will always remind the cannabis industry of the work that needs to be done. So I'm used to talking about death. I, I, I worked in the field um, with many families and survivors, and, and I know it's difficult. I know there's a lot of legalities happening as well, but I just want to make sure that, you know, I know we're not just talking about that. We're talking about a lot of things that have happened in the industry and we've, and we're, and, and even before her passing and her incident, um, there was things that we were, you know, talking about before. So I just wanted to bring that so that we don't ignore the reality that someone did pass last year. And I know that maybe, you know, the, the incident will come up in the next five to 10 years, but I think it's just a reminder and, you know, today is January 12th and, and, you know, we're back at it again. So I just want to thank everybody for the conversation. And I think it's important because I think folks just sometimes don't understand the behind the scenes, but I also want the public to understand that we are here. We are listening. I know you don't sleep. 
and I know we, we, we take a lot of space in your head. Um, at least I do. I know I'm always at you, but you know, I, I appreciate it. I know it's very difficult to run this agency, but I know that we're going to figure this stuff out and, you know, having difficult conversations and vulnerable conversations is how we need to do it in order to figure out not just, in, you know, not the safety, not just the safety of our employees, but everything in this industry. So what particularly this, um, issue. So thank you for indulging me. Thank you. Okay. Um, Mr. Director, do you have anything else to add to, to close that up? I, I appreciate you. And again, I appreciate we sort of, you know, you and I talked about this and that that we, you know, just wanted to address it, that we're not done, um, but that there are things in motion and um, we, we're hoping that we are going to be creating um, a better environment for, for owners, managers, but most importantly, the frontline workers and their families. So thank you. Okay.